Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everybody. It's our August show, and as I was driving into the studio on University Boulevard here in Phoenix, I looked at the temperature on my car. It was 125 degrees in Phoenix, but it is a dry heat, as they say. (laughs) So, listen, welcome aboard. Thanks for listening in to Dr. Connie's House Calls. I'm Dr. Connie Mariano, and... A lot of you who are listening and again will recall that the last show in July was a very sad show, something that I had never planned on broadcasting and and I had recorded live that show. It was in the aftermath of losing my beloved husband, John Weber. He passed away in a, a glider accident on July 1st. I had my good friend and psychologist, Dr. Julian A, was our special guest and she discussed losing a loved one, the sudden loss of a loved one, as well as bereavement. So she worked on air with me as to discussing healthy ways of healing, of of letting go, and and of recovery. We got a tremendous response from our audience, lots of emails, lots of posts on social media about how much that show really touched people out there, and that really makes me feel good because I always believe if you're going through a painful time, you might as well share that because somebody out there needs to hear that story and, and take comfort in knowing that they're not the only ones suffering. I got such an amazing outpouring of love and support from so many friends, old and new, as well as many of my patients. And one particular person was a neighbor of mine who lived on the same cul-de-sac in Washington, D.C., or actually Alexandria, Virginia, when I was living at working at the White House about 18 years ago. Her name is Kathy Schreiner, and I know she's listening in uh, in from us, uh, with us with, from Virginia, she sent me a lovely condolence card. And what I was really touched by was a beautiful handwritten note. Because how many people nowadays write things with their own penmanship by hand? Everything's text, everything's printed out. But she took the effort to write me a lovely handwritten note on yellow paper. And, and I'm going to share this with you because her, her letter shares a lot of the sentiment and advice that other women have given me who have lost family members. And let me share Kathy Schreiner's note today. She writes, Dear Connie, words cannot express how very sorry and sad I am to learn of John's unfortunate death. I listened to your radio show, and I know it took a lot of strength and courage on your part. You're an amazing lady. What a wonderful gift you gave to your listeners by sharing your personal thoughts. I just wanted to reach through the airwaves and give you a warm, tender hug. Everything that your friends have shared with you is true. We all grieve in our own way and time. I will tell you that you do not forget. It has been close to 32 years since my husband died, and I still, I'm trying to read this, and and there is still hardly a day that goes by that his memory is not in my mind. I will share with you that you will probably build a shelter around yourself to get you through all the first holidays, birthdays, anniversary, etc. It is the little unexpected things in life that will catch you off guard and cause the tears to flow. And in my words, she uses the waves of the waves of weeping or the tsunami of tears. Please know that all of us, all of us in the court where she lives have you in our thoughts and prayers. John is in the loving and caring arms of our Lord. Prayers, blessings, and love, Kathy. So thank you, Kathy. That was such a beautiful letter. It really means a lot. Thank you again for that. I think of, as I talk about this, I think about God and God's angels. And I, I know I have a new guardian angel in my husband, John, because he sent so many people to comfort me, especially widows who over the last month and a half have reached out to me. I want to also share in my first part of the show, I also talk about my honorable mentions, the many brave widows who've reached out to me to talk about their stories about and give their advice about recovery and grief. The widowers who have come to my office, many of them are my patients, who weep over the loss of their wives. Many of my friends who've lost children, I can't think of anything as painful uh, sec- you know, in addition to losing your spouse, losing your child, you're just not meant to bury your, your child. I want to thank so many of my friends who made sure I didn't miss a single dinner, uh, taking me out every night. I, I call that the Feed the Widow, st- uh, the Starving Widow program. I really appreciate their kindness in making sure that I, I don't miss a meal, that I eat out every night. But I also share that I think the hardest part after eating out is driving home 
and realizing nobody's home there to meet me. And I, that's the part I miss. There's no husband there to meet me. I want to thank all my friends who reached out to text, to call, just to, just to ask how you're doing. And it really means so much. Our July show had such an outpouring of love from many listeners. And so how do you follow that? You know, what's the next thing? What do we do for the August show? So that July show was about death, sudden death in John's case, about letting go. This show in August, I thought about recovery. How do you recover from loss? How do you build resilience? How do you move on? Everyone in life faces loss. Everyone will face someone they love. And I look at couples as I go out to dinner, and I realize sooner or later, one of the two of you will be gone. You know, it's, it, God forbid you both go at the same time, but when you have a couple, you look at one of the two of you, one's gonna be left behind. So how do you move forward? What do you do? So I always believe that stories of other people going through similar pain have been very helpful to me and can help listeners out there. So today I'm blessed to have two amazing women who have authored a series of books that share women's stories of bravery in the face of adversity. And these are our, our heroes, truly our heroes. A few weeks ago, as I was getting ready for this show, I worked late at night in my home office at home, and I was pondering, well, who would I invite into studio with me? And at that time, in the middle of the night, I get this email from a professor at Yale who had heard me speak at the Harvard course on publishing for healthcare executives in June. And this professor uh, was getting ready to publish a book about sleep, how to get your children to sleep in a very successful, healthy manner. So we were emailing each other back and forth and trying to time her arrival to this show so she can fly out, of course, what a great deal, come out in August to Phoenix, right, 125 <laughs> degrees, do this show, and she says, well, it'd be better if we can do it later in this in the year because her book was coming out around the fall season and her agent was going to arrange a book signing sometime in the fall in Phoenix and she can come out and be live in studio because I really like having people in studio. So we decided then to postpone her guest appearance on my show till the fall, and then I said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll re reconnect in the fall. And I thought, well, gee, okay, I'm back to square one. What do I do? And, I, and all of a sudden, up pops this email from Hilda Villaverde, who is in studio today with her partner, and we're gonna talk about them. But up pops Hilda's email, and she heard me speak a couple of years ago at a, at a conference here in Phoenix. And I thought, wow, wow, that, I've been rescued by by angels up above. So she and her co-author, Mary Beth Stern, have written many books about women. They're gonna share their stories about courage and wisdom today. And I thought, what perfect timing, you know, and they live here in Phoenix, what a perfect thing. So I really believe my angels, my guardian angels, including my husband John, have sent me, sent me Hilda and Mary Beth to be on this show. So the title of this show, I was thinking, what do you name this show? And I thought of Phoenix because, you know, it's hot now. We're in Phoenix. But you think of the metaphor of Phoenix rising. And Phoenix rising talks about recovery for death and, and rebirth. And the expression when you come up with Phoenix rising is from Greek mythology. The Phoenix is a, a, long, a bird that lives a long time. It cyclically regenerates, is otherwise reborn again, and is associated with the sun. And it contains, it obtains that new life by rising from the ashes of its predecessor who's died. So according to sources, the phoenix dies in a very, in sort of a fury of flames and combustion. And although there are other sources that claim that the legendary bird dies and simply decomposes before being born again, I really love the metaphor that phoenix rising means there's a death, but there's a rebirth. So the rising of the phoenix symbolizes that someone has gone through difficult times, but you don't die from it. You experience loss, you experience somebody's death, but you are resurrected, you are reborn, and you survive to move on. So I really have really been excited about that. So we're going to have on board today, we still, we've got a few minutes before we break, but I want to introduce, and then once we, we finish the introductions, we'll go to a break, our, our two guests today who are going to be part of most of our show. I've got Hilda Villa Verde, which means Green Villa, Villa? Greenway. 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 Uh, Hilda's career has been in the beauty industry. She's been a hairstylist for four decades, four decades. She says she'll celebrate her 50 years. She looks way younger than that. She's the owner of Pluma Design Salon in Scottsdale. She's an accomplished public speaker and educator. She has her doctorate in religious studies, so we should call you Dr. Hilda. Uh, she has a minor in pastoral counseling and has authored seven books, most recently in the Living Brave series. 
She's dedicated to motivating leading women to reach their highest potential in both their personal and professional lives. She loves telling stories. And really, I think, how do you get a message across? How do you teach? you got to be a storyteller. So we're going to hear from her in a, in a few minutes. Mary Beth Stern is her writing partner here. Mary Beth Stern has been a public relations, marketing, and special events consultant for over 20 years. Uh, these women look like they're in their 30s. They're amazing, but uh, they look so young. Yeah. She's, serving, uh, you know, she's served, uh, serving in these industries to increase visibility and profit in their businesses. She has given a voice to numerous businesses and organizations and has brought her distinctive touch to fashion shows, presentations, and then events. Mary Beth earned a Bachelor's of Arts from St. Mary's College in Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Indiana, and has co-authored three books in the Living Brave series with Hilda. Mary Beth loves also other people's stories. So do we've got time before Maybe we? Oh, great. So you know what? So before we go to break, I want, let me let me start with, with Hilda. Thank you for, for being on our show, Hilda. It's, well, it's great a, to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here, Connie. Thank you. How did you two connect to become co-authors? Well, I'm a hairdresser, of course, all <laughs> these years. And so Mary Beth was actually a referral from another client. Um, and she started coming to me about almost a little over seven about years, seven years, ago. seven years ago. Her hair looks really good, by the well, way. Well, thank so you. Yours. Great color. It's television. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's hair looks good in here. <laughs> so we just, we, we became great friends. We just became friends. And as a single woman for the past 20 some years, you know, we have to have girlfriends. And so she, we just feel, felt like we were a great match to go to the movies or go out to dinner. And she became one of my, my girlfriends. And that's how we met, actually. You know, I love it. Your gal pals are therapeutic to you truly have I call them my gal pals we do retreats we get together they're part of your therapy but your sisters is sort of the sisterhood later in life so you decided then to publish together well <laughs> what actually happened is I had a, a, a an injury uh, four years ago four and a half years ago I was just about to turn 65 and I was working out at a gym and I said to my uh, trainer I said my midsection is getting a little heavy my birthday is about a month away. Can we do anything about my midsection, getting my waist back in a little? And he said, well, let's do a little boxing. I said, well, great. That would be wonderful. I've never boxed before. So the next week when I came in, he put some boxing gloves on me. And so he, I, he never said to me, you know, how to box. I just started punching. And he <laughs> had those, you know, gloves on. And we, I punched for five minutes, Connie. That's all I punched for, wow. five minutes. And I felt great. I thought my waist had already gone down a couple inches. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're rocky. Right, right. So the next morning when I woke up, my hands were swollen oh. like mittens. Like even I with was the gloves. Wearing, yeah. Even with the gloves. Like I had baseball. And as a hairstylist. Oh, you use your hands. I could not. I could barely get dressed. Oh. I could barely drive to the salon. So I had a severe injury. And. I saw the doctor, and I mean, I was doing all the things I had to do. There was no surgery. It was tendonitis, severe tendonitis, and I had really injured my hands. And it was going to take time. He so, said it would take about a year. So you, you couldn't use your hands for a year? As I know. I was I was doing hair. You're so I was cutting hair. Non-compliant, right? Crying the whole time. Oh. And then my assistants did all the blow dries and applying the colors and all that. And wow. so I have, a, I have a small studio, and so we all work very close together. So we yeah. were working, and one evening... Mary Beth and I, and she, you know, she'd check up on me. She'd come yeah. in for her hair and how are you doing? Everyone's asking me how are you doing because yeah. we have a lot of clients. And Mary Beth and I were out to dinner one evening. And I was really feeling depressed because I'm, oh. I was in pain all the yeah. time. And I said, Mary Beth, I said, I don't know if I can continue doing hair. I'm getting a little nervous about this. And she said, what else would you like to do? And I said, I don't, I don't know. And I had written several books before that. I've been writing books for 20 years. And I said, you know, I said, what do other women do when things happen to them? Mm -hmm. How do they, as you were talking earlier, when they lose a part of their mm -hmm. body or something happens to them, how do they come back? What are the safety nets? And it just sparked an idea wow. with Mary Beth and I about writing together. Uh, together and asking questions. And so I have a clientele of, you know, hundreds of women. So. Mary Beth and I got together. We said, let's, let's just, and she said, I don't, I said, let's do it. Yeah. So we came up with 12 questions to ask these women. And as you said earlier, things just evolve and happen, and God just brings people to you. And our first book, Living Brave Women Stories, stories and Pathways to Thriving, we have 30 women's stories there. And Connie, those stories 
are amazing, and most of them were clients of the salon, every age from, I think our youngest was 21, 21. and our oldest was 90, 92, two, 92 years old. Wow. And so they, each one of these women answered the same 12 <laughs> questions. Mm -hmm. And they, from those questions, Mary Beth and I just gleaned these, what we call their, their mini stories of their lives. And that's how we began the writing process. Wow. Now, you have a publisher you use? You self-publish? We self-published. We self And I had always self-published my other books. I had written four books prior to that. Mm -hmm. And I liked the process of self-publishing. Sure. And that's exactly what we did. And the book just did very well for us and it reached the number one bestseller on Amazon awesome. within the first week. Wow. And so then we got really excited and we decided so to let's, do more. Let's do Book another one. Two. Well, <laughs> let's do number two. We're going to pause for a little break, but I want the listeners to on your on our website to take a look at uh, the Living Brave series so they can order on Amazon mm -hmm. many of your books. It'd be really wonderful gifts, but also for themselves. So we're going to take a little break for commercial break and then come back to Dr. Connie's house calls with uh, Dr. Hilda here and uh, Mary Beth Stern to talk about being brave and, and getting through tough times. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Connie Mariano, if you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. How do you recover from sudden loss of losing a loved one, right? This is the toughest thing, I think, and I'm going through that now, having lost my husband last month. I call it the waves of weeping, the tsunami of tears, the all of a sudden a memory gets triggered. And in addition to that, I'm seeing patients and I'm executor of the estate. So, it's, you know, you, you talk about stress and everything else, and then a part of you is missing. And I've, in a lot of ways, my guests today, uh, Dr. Hilda Villaverde and Mary Beth Stern, are, are just what the doctor ordered. Because I was looking for a way on this show to help our listeners and to help me 
how to recover, how to move forward after losing my loved one. And your series of books that you write, the Living Brave series about women, their stories and pathways to thriving, their stories of intimacy lost and found, also women in business, women who go through difficulties. And uh, Hilda and Mary Beth were talking about the process just now on the break about how they write a book together. And we're going if, if Mary Beth can share a little bit about that process, how you edit your books, and then we'll go into the meat about the content of it. But could you share a little bit, Mary Beth? Absolutely. Well, in each one of the three books that we have published so far, we have a series of questions, and the women answer each one of those questions. Um, and most of this is done via email, Dr. Connie. Uh, with the first two books, we did try to meet with every single woman, and we had a few men in our second book, and that just sort of solidifies the relationship, even if we knew the contributors beforehand. Um, and so, bless them, they take the time to share their story. They're very intimate stories, very personal, and we feel so honored for them to share these stories with us. And so they answer, they email them to us, and uh, Hilda sort of takes the first look at it. And um, oftentimes we have to ask them for a little bit more, go a little bit deeper. Um, uh, which they do, and then it, it goes through an editing process where I take a look at it, edit it. Um, it goes back to them, to the contributors, to the book, and then it goes to our professional editor, and thus the process. And so we've published these books very quickly, uh, each one of them in less than a year, nine that's, months, that's actually. That's amazing. <laughs> gestation period, <laughs> right? right. Yeah. So, you know, By the time you start. How do you pick the people you interview for your books? Well, it's been a serious, actually, because Hilda has a hair salon, she has a lot of clients, and our first book is predominantly, I believe, mm -hmm. mostly your clients, mm -hmm. quite a few from the second book, and then my, I have a lot of relationships, I've been in Phoenix Business. 35 years, uh, so I called on quite a few of them as well, our Living Brave Women in Business, um, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Connie, there are mm -hmm. so many incredible female entrepreneurs, that one's focused on women who own their own businesses, and because Hilda and I have... Yeah. Been female entrepreneurs yeah. all these years. We'll have to you do know. a show on women who have the, run oh. their own companies, run yes. their businesses. Oh. I think that's a whole different that, that's a series. Whole, that, whole other absolutely. Series. And, and today we're here to talk about uh, loss and resilience yeah. after loss, and our first two books really, mm -hmm. really address that. Can you share some of the the yeah. lessons you've learned from your 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 writers from that book, from that book itself, about how to how to deal with loss? We, we really have some amazing stories. I want to, one particular story, if this is a good time for us to talk about Jennifer. Uh, one of, a client that I have, a young woman who is, I would, she's probably 50 years old. And the, we were just starting the process of writing the book and we were collecting stories for the first one, Women's Stories and Pathways to Thriving, because all of those women had had some kind of loss. One woman lost her sight at 14 years old. Another woman had her leg amputated at 12. Mm -hmm. So they were losing mm -hmm. some parts of their bodies. And this young woman, her 11-year-old son committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she sat in my chair. Uh, it was about a month afterwards. And I shared with her about the stories that we were collecting. And I asked Jennifer if she would consider writing the story of how it came about. And, of course, there was bullying involved in the school for this young boy. Mm -hmm. And it was remarkable that she would share that story. And I, I want to tell you something very interesting about that, and then Mary Beth is going to read a piece from that book. So when we, I asked Jennifer uh, to answer questions for us, we decided to give her a, a different uh, set of questions, I think. She answered. We did. We did. She did the question about the story of how it happened. And I said, what question would you have, Jennifer, from other women who've lost their children? I, I, I've not had that experience, and I can't say that I can even imagine it, but I can say that that's only they have that, right. you know. And she said, the hardest story, the hardest question for me to answer when people say to me, how many children do you have? Mm -hmm. She said, I've always said I have three children. Yeah. And so I said to her, why don't you ask that question and let me look. And in my own clientele, I had three or four women who have lost, lost their children. And we asked these women to answer that question in the book. And Mary Beth is going to read a piece mm. from that. Please do. This is Jennifer. I started to question myself as a mother 
how did these things happen to my kids? She also talks about her daughter who was going through some difficulty at the time. What did I do wrong? This stuff isn't supposed to happen. I started to think more about Ryan. I tried to push the images of that day out of my mind, and I asked God to replace them with good memories. Day by day, my heart started to beat again. One morning I woke up from a dream, and it became clear to me I was going to do something for Ryan. I wanted to do something that would honor Ryan's memory because the world was not going to forget my son. And she did that. Ryan loved rhinoceros, and so she started a foundation to um, conserve uh, rhinoceros, and it's called In Danger. And then I just wanted to read one other short little sentence, Dr. Connie, um, as she ends her her piece in the book. Every day I privately battle with that voice inside my head and the pain in my heart. And I think so many people who have Mm -hmm. lost loved ones can relate to this, and particularly who have lost children. Give up. No. Keep moving. Finding a purpose. Preserving a memory. And trying to make this world a little better is about all I can do. That's beautiful. beautiful? That's very good Um, advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we didn't have to look too far. Yeah. Because they're all around you. You know, we were talking during the break that every single person, we've never met a person that doesn't have a story. Right. I mean, your story begins even before you're born. Mm-hmm. People already start, we're gonna, is it going to be a boy? Is it going to be right. a girl? We're already buying, you know, a nurse, putting together a nursery. So everyone has a story. I want to stay with Jennifer for just another moment here with um, the answer, the most pointed answer that came back from one of the women who lost her son. He was 22 years old. He had called his mother and said, "Um, I'm going to marry my girlfriend. And his mother wasn't ready for him to get married yet because he was so young. And she said, I I showed disappointment when Mm -hmm. I said to him, you know, I I think you're too young. He said, well, I'm going to marry her. And um, she was pregnant. The girl Mm. was pregnant. And as it turned out, a week later, he was in a car accident and he passed away. Right. And consequently, the daughter, the girlfriend had the baby and this is his, her grandchild. But when I asked her, this client, when I asked her how many children, you know, she came in for her hair, we yeah. were doing her hair, we were talking, and that's just a conversation piece for most hairdressers. Are yeah. you married? Do you have children? children? How many children do you have? And she very quickly, and please forgive me that I don't remember her children's name. She said, I have three sons. She said, my son, my oldest son is in heaven, said his name. And then my other son lives in California, and then my youngest son lives here in Phoenix. What a beautiful way to put that. It yeah. was she so She didn't exclude beautiful. him because no. he wasn't physically here. That's right. My oldest, I have three children. The oldest mm-hmm. one's in heaven. Yeah. So in the book, she gives that answer to Jennifer. And we had three other women who lost, their, lost their children, children, and they gave answers to Jennifer. So that was just such a, it was a, perfect time for us to put these women yeah. together. Connie. Yeah. What a yeah. great healing way to do that. That's yeah. so therapeutic yeah. that I can't imagine that loss. I've had patients whose children have committed suicide or, you know, things have horrible happened and it's just the unbearable pain that they really have struggled with all those years. But to honor that they did exist and they're just they're in heaven. Their spirit is there. Their their the soul lives forever. Uh, I I, I'm just amazed by by the recovery from that. But you also talk about other difficulties as well, right? And in, in the books that you share, other insight that you've noticed that you've, you've from the books that your authors. Well, we're going to bring in a man. It was difficult for us to interview men because we didn't have a lot of men. Um, the book, the second one, Living Brave in Love: Stories of Intimacy Lost and Found, and those stories are powerful. I mean, we had a a story of a gentleman in there, and Mary Beth is going to read a little bit from him. Sure. He was a lovely, lovely man, and his first two wives both died of cancer, and he had four children with these women. So now oh. he's lost two wives. And so uh, interviewing him. Okay, yeah. and this is, this is from, from David. Facing the grieving process a second time was harder than the first time for a few reasons. First, I already knew how much I would hurt in grieving. Mm -hmm. Second, because Judith and I had hurt deeply before we were married, they had both lost a spouse, we were able to love more deeply. 
Third, I was now physically alone more than the first time with all the kids mm -hmm. out of the house. The silence was stifling. I leaned into the pain of grief, knowing relief would eventually emerge. And, you know, David has also uh, written a book about um, what do you say to someone who has lost an wow. important person in their lives. So what does, he, what does he tell them? Uh, you know, he says you never want to ask them things like, how are you doing? <laughs> As you know, Dr. Is there anything Connie? I can do yeah. for you? <laughs> yeah, bring them back. Right. Can you bring them back? It, right, yeah. exactly. No, but they try. Exactly. It's, it's Everyone an uncomfortable tries. thing. It's, it really right. is. You yeah. can feel them. They, they always say, I'm sorry for your loss. And, right. you know, the, the thing they tell you not to say, I know exactly how you feel, unless you've lost somebody right. like that, right. too. But right. it's, it's uncomfortable it's, for people to find the words. It's very, it really very is. uncomfortable. But, no, you did ask about, you know, other other types of loss. This uh, this particular book, Living Brave in Love, is not only about um, someone passing on, it's also about divorce. You know, that's a loss. It's and a death so, of a marriage. So it absolutely yeah. is. So we have quite a few really powerful mm -hmm. stories about mm -hmm. divorce and learning to love again. And the business book is a lot of women lost a business or mm -hmm. two mm -hmm. and had to regain the courage to start another business. But what you're seeing is people who don't give up. Exactly. The, the resiliency. The resiliency. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> I have a, I have a fa happy ending for David. I want to tell you a little bit about that. The second woman that he married was from Canada. She had four children as well. So now he has his four children and she has her four children. So now they have eight children together. And then she died several years later. But they, the children had already been together and connected. So now he, they have eight children. And his third wife, who was with him, went, I mean, can you imagine? She wow. had never had children. No. She had never been married. No. And here she marries this man <laughs> with, who's, eight kids. with eight kids <laughs> who's <laughs> lost two wives. And we asked her. Oh, we, were no. saying, we were interviewing a little, so a little worried <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happened? Yeah. The other two had to have fun with it. Check your vitamins. <laughs> and so they have a great marriage, and they're doing Very really well. Happy. And then she became a, a, she was not a client at the salon, but now she's a client at the salon. <laughs> and so we, we, we picked up another you're, you're messing with their heads, aren't you? You right. got to be scared. You work your way in their brain. It's like me doing physicals on people, right? right? right. But when you're in their space... I mean, I think what great access we have, what a great honor and privilege that when you're in someone's physical space, you can ask them anything. And mm -hmm. I did a show, I think, a year ago with uh, my hairdresser and my esthetician, and we talk about hairdressers. It's, again, very intimate. They would tell you more things that they tell me in my exam room. They won't lie to you. For me, they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not smoking. I'm not, you know. Right. They'll tell you affairs. They'll tell you everything. They tell you everything, right? <laughs> Absolutely everything. And they can't lie to me that they're not smoking because I know it. by smell touching it. that right. hair they're it's smoking. Amazing. <laughs> it's just amazing. But when you're, you know, you have, you're in their personal mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. And what a wonderful way that as I look at your life, I mean, you should each write your memoirs because, oh, you know, uh, really, because, you know, you look at, you collate other people's stories, but your stories, I mean, I took, I, I talk, uh, you know, uh, of uh, Hilda as, you know, you got your doctorate in, in religious studies, your uh, pastoral ministry, but your hairdresser, you know, 50 years as a hairdresser, you just, you, just the fact that look at what hair, is of, ha hair has done in the last 50 years, right? right? And oh, how things right. have changed. and. And but people are still people. What do you look at customer service again? That's the business aspect of it. But but your books have just been amazing. I think, and I, I read one of them definitely, and it has inspired me. And just the fact that somebody out there is is reaching out, and the advice they give is excellent because it's like, yeah, I get it. You know, don't change anything the first year. Allow yourself time to to grieve. That's typically normal. Be good to yourself. Mm -hmm. Love yourself. You're not being narcissistic. You're being healing towards that. Was there anything that surprised you about any of the writing of these stories? I think we were surprised by how much women were willing to mm -hmm. share, Dr. Mm -hmm. Connie, uh, mm -hmm. and we feel very honored and, and blessed mm -hmm. that they have opened themselves up so intimately. And we can't begin to tell you how many of the contributors have thanked us mm -hmm. and said it was an incredible process to go through in telling their story and it, it changed their their yeah. lives so again we just we feel wow. so honored and we love every story we treat them all the stories with reverence and mm -hmm. and care because they are they're they're intimate and our hope is that others can gain knowledge from these and learn and and be consoled and we're hearing that they are so through the success of the books. Wouldn't you agree, Hilda? Oh my goodness, yes. I, the other surprise that from Mary Beth and I is the women, how they 
come into our lives, how, how people just show up, and that's say, who's where did you find these people through God, okay. the universe? I mean, it, it's a divine uh, journey that they're they're coming to us, and when they start writing, and when we come back, I'd like to share a story mm-hmm. about the the next book that we're writing mm-hmm. and how something has evolved from that. That is just we're surprised. We're just surprised. Yeah. I, I mean, every story there's has There's a something. reason. There is always yeah. a reason. And look yeah. at just you, finding you. Right. 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 You know, a great it, example. Well, your <laughs> questions for your next book, which we're going to have you talk about, mm-hmm. make me ponder because at this phase, you're doing it by different women's ages. And this last chapter mm-hmm. in my life, mm-hmm. as I look at widowhood, I'll, I turned 65 in January. Mm-hmm. What's the next 30 years look like? So that's going to be exciting about that. So we're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, uh, Hilda and Mary Beth are going to talk about the next book they're going to write and, and the questions they have. And then uh, I've got a few more things to share. So stay tuned on Dr. Connie's House Call with Dr. Hilda Villaverde and Mary Beth Stern. Do you have any other Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to Dr. Connie's House Calls, and I've got Dr. Hilda Villaverde and Mary Beth Stern, and they're telling us about their next book that's coming out. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. We have carried the Living Brave theme throughout. That happens to be our brand. We really know that women live brave lives, and men do as well, but somehow we don't, we don't own it as much as, as men do. The next book is titled Living Brave, Finishing Strong. And our subtitle is Stories from Women on Their Way to Becoming, because we are always on our way to becoming the next thing, the next person, person that we are. And this group of women, instead of 12 questions, we're only asking six questions. And this is what we've decided, Connie. There are four quarters in a woman's life, from birth to 25, 
And that's when she's discovering herself. You know, as you think of an infant and a five-year-old, you're just discovering yourself. From tw- and the brain starts really developing then at 25. And I think for women, 20 to 25 is when the frontal lobe mm-hmm. really, um, you know, becomes alive. From 25 to 45, we have dreaming. That's when we start dreaming about our profession and we're in college and having children and we're dreaming about our, our the, that part of our lives. From 45 to 65 is transitions. Things begin to happen for us. We either, our children are leaving home and we now are empty nesters and sometimes there's divorce, sometimes there's even a better relationship at that time. And then from 65 and above is the fourth quarter. And um, that's what we've been, what we started working with that. So we are actually interviewing uh, young ones from birth and we're actually considering a seven-year-old girl right now. We were just talking about it on the way here. And uh, so we have that group of of girls, and we have uh, 12 questions for them to answer, or six questions for them. And then from 25 to 45, and we have dynamite gals. We have a a gal who has a PhD, is a nurse practitioner, and we have some amazing gals. One young lady who's in marketing for the Academy Awards who's given us her voice. And so we're really exciting. And then the 65, um, the 45 to 65, we have that group, and we're, we're just really strong, a CEO, couple CEOs of corporations, and then 65 and above, and Connie's going to grace us. Yeah. Connie. Yeah. Connie turns 65. The, you yeah. know, I used to say we're just mothers of reinvention, right? We right. keep reinventing ourselves, great. but I'm, I'm going to move on a little bit here, but I want to thank you for being on the show today to share your, your Living Brave series and sharing the lessons of resilience, because it really has helped. I'm going to move on back to the topic of the theme of Phoenix Rising because I really, for me, has great meaning. I want to share a quick story, which I'm going to probably put in my me- my next memoir. And in January this year, I, I turned 64, and I go to the Enchantment Resort in Sedona, and this was like my 35th visit. So I'm I'm really putting a plug out there. I sh- they should be giving me uh, royalties for this. They have a special program at the. Uh, at the enchantment called the Miamo Journey. And Miamo is Native American term in the Yunnan dialect, which means the journey or to continue one's path. So this was my journey to go there and spend four days, three nights with my husband. And what they do is you you get a lovely room, you get two services a day, um, and you get all the food you want. And so I said for my husband, let's go do this. And he said, well, this is a girl thing, isn't it? I said, no, I want to celebrate my birthday and be here with you. So on our first night of that journey, the participants of this program gather in the kiva, in the spa there. It's this uh, Native American hut, and it's got a hole at the top of it, and there's a crystal, it's called the crystal grotto, and they form a circle and they meditate, and you're guided by somebody. And as part of the meditation, they hand you this little leather-bound, tiny little bag, they call it the medicine bag, that's got a little uh, turquoise on it, it's got a uh, little uh, satchel, it's a satchel, uh, and it's a little drawstring, and they give you a two-by-two piece of paper and a pencil. And their task for you is at the end of your meditation, you're supposed to ask spirit, what is it that I seek? And then on that little piece of paper, write down what you're seeking. So we each did that, wrote it down, we wrote something down, we fold it and we put it in the little satchel and then you put it away. So fast forward, we didn't share what we had written, fast forward, July 11th, my husband who died July 1st, where July 11th was his funeral service, and it was a painful, rough day. I went back to the house. His relatives were there. I took a quick nap because I wasn't sleeping. I got up from my nap and realized, oh, gee, my stepdaughter, Melissa, was going to bring her dog, Winston, over. And Winnie, the dog, loved John. And I said, don't I have some item of clothing of John's that has his scent? So that way the dog can enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So I went into his closet, and I found on the floor a gym bag that I had taken off our RV in, in Utah after I left Utah the day after he died. So I zip it open. And I find a t-shirt and it smells like John's scent. And I thought, of course, that makes me cry because I can smell his scent. And I said, well, I'll give this to Winnie the dog. Winnie will be happy. But I said, well, what else is in this bag, right? So I start digging through the bag and at the very bottom of the bag, I found the little medicine pouch Mm -hmm. with a piece of paper in it that John had filled out in January at the Miyamo journey. And I thought, oh my goodness, here it is. I'd forgotten about it. And so do I open the piece of paper? Well, why not, right? So I slowly unfolded the piece of paper. And on there, in three le- there were three letters that my husband had written in January. And the three letters were G-O-D. Mm. John wrote the word, the name God. 
He was seeking God. And I realized that months after that, we would watch the series by Morgan Freeman in search of God. He really wanted to see that. He was also going to Bible study. He was becoming very, very more interested. I mean, he was always spiritual, but just really more seeking so. So about two weeks after I found that piece of paper that said God, I was going to the Enchantment Resort again. I'm a frequent flyer there. And I was bringing the gals from my office for our own little retreat for over the weekend. And I was going into my laundry room because I gift things and I put all the gifts that I have for people in the laundry room where I wrap gifts and I re-gift things. Who doesn't, right? So I'm going through tissue paper and bags and at the bottom of a stack of tissue paper is my little medicine bag that, that with the piece of paper that I had written in January. And I had totally forgotten what I had written. I didn't remember any of that. So I opened it up and I unfolded it. And what I had written was rebirth. Oh. John had written God. He sought God. And I had written rebirth. And I think a lot of ways it fits into the theme of Phoenix Rising, of death. But he sought God. That was new life. And I wanted to be reborn. And he gave me that opportunity to do that. And so I look at that rebirth, and I go, now what becomes of me? And that ties into your book, that next chapter, that final chapter, 65 and older. And what happens next? I mean, he took care of me financially. I'm forever grateful. But with that, he gave me all these memories. He taught me how to speak up for myself. He gave me his courage. But I think of you know my personal re- rebirth as expanding my practice, still working, wants me to work because it makes me happy, connects me with people. It's like you writing your books, you're still working in your jobs, you haven't given up, yeah. you're not retiring, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have another birthday of expanding it. And so I thought originally I was gonna write a book about longevity, about the 11 secrets to longevity that I learned from presidents. And I thought, no, John wants me to write the next book and it's the second memoir and it's called Turnaround because he was the turnaround guy in business. And when you look up the meaning of turnaround, it means a sudden or abrupt change that brings about a favorable outcome. And in our lives, when we intersected in our 50s, we were so blessed. We each had found each other after long-term marriages and discovered each other and said, let's give it a try. And that book is about how we found each other, how we had an amazing marriage and how we moved on. He moved on to God and I moved on to rebirth. And and that's what I'm writing now. So everybody out there, stay tuned. The second book will be that second memoir from the White House doctor about turnaround. And, and I think the thing that makes it interesting is I weave into that story how astrologers, psychics, and mediums have played a role. Now, oh my gosh, the White House doctor has gone woo-woo on us. Too much Sedona, Dr. Connie. <laughs> no, I think there's a reason. There's a greater there's another world out there that's the spiritual world that we only have barely a glimpse into. And I do have friends who are astrologers, psychics, and mediums. And they're the real deal. And so I'll share in my book, and this is you know sharing that with the audience, that there's another book coming. It's, it's meant to be born that will tell that story. And you can't make this stuff up. It's the real deal. So that's the thing we'll share. But I want people to stay tuned for it. There's always something we're doing. And I think the thing you share in your stories of women they keep going on. They don't quit. The no. guy who lost his two wives found another wife. Mm-hmm. You know, he found love again. You don't die. I mean, you, if you die, you move on to heaven. You find another life, eternal mm-hmm. life. But for us left in this life, there's more to do. You don't give up. You just keep doing it. You just keep going. What can I do, right? What else could I do? And I think you give that tremendously in a beautiful way in your books. You keep writing. I mean, you still keep, you know, your next theme will be women at the four stages of life. And then you wonder, well, what's next? I mean, right. you didn't stop at one book. You, you know, you've gone to seven or eight and you still, still keep going. I think that's the beauty that that's your resilience. That's the creativity. And somebody asked me, well, do you have any hobbies? Because my husband was a glider pilot. Well, he died doing what he loved to do, gliding. And I said, well, you know, I like to work mm-hmm. and I like to create. We do, too. We do too. And, absolutely. Yeah. And you're yeah. creators, you're mm-hmm. writers. And I found a quote. In a magazine somewhere, I cut it out, and it, it was a tribute to Einstein. Einstein said, creativity is intelligence having fun. Oh, it's intelligence yes. at play. And we like that. We like to use our minds. We like to use stories. We create things. And it's, it's the power of a story that gets the message. But all of a sudden, an idea comes across, and I really think it's divinely given, that you have to believe that spirit led me to that way. Spirit led me to you, your email to find its path here. 
And I really, I'm, I'm totally open to that. And people say, well, that might be woo-woo, but you know what? It gives me comfort. Mm -hmm. It gives me comfort knowing that my husband's fine on the other side, he didn't suffer. Well, why is that, Dr. Connie? Because my medium friend, Suzanne Giesman, who's been on my show before, has told me that, has connected. So stay tuned for the book about that. So it gives me tremendous comfort. My patients who've lost family members, their children, I said, I know it sounds wacky. Do you want to meet, a, would you like to connect with a medium? You know, we have the Long Island medium on TV. We have many mediums, people who connect, and they truly believe that was their loved one. So I'm going to move forward, but I want to thank all of you for listening to this show today. And it's given me hope. You know, that last show in December was really tough. It was tough bearing pain, sharing that pain, but it honored somebody I truly and deeply love, who truly was the love of my life. And I thought I'd spend the rest of my life with him. He did spend the rest of his life with me. I mean, that's the irony. He did spend the rest of his life with me. I just couldn't spend the rest of my life with him. He exited before I did. So I really believe that guardian angel is waiting for me when it's my time. But my time's not over yet. As you can tell, in January, I wrote Rebirth. So I've gone through another cycle, waiting for that final chapter. And I can't wait to see what happens. But I, I want to thank you, Dr. Hilda, and you, Mary Beth, for being on this show, for giving me that hope that there are more stories out there. There are other people who've had such difficulty losing loved ones and children, spouse, that they keep going on and that this too will go on. So thank you for being on the show and, and thank you listeners for listening in today. And I hope that some of the message you, messages from today will help you in what you do in your life. And go online and please purchase a copy, one of the, the series, one of the books in the series of Living Brave by Dr. Hil, by Dr. Hilda Villaverde and Mary Beth Stern. So thanks for listening to Dr. Connie's House Calls, and we will have you uh, tune in next week. And uh, I've just gotten a note. It's from the Living brave.net. If you go on live, livingbrave.net, you'll get a copy if you can order a copy of their books. But listen in next, uh, next month to Dr. Connie's House Calls. For until then, God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week. Thank you.